Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Find Your Career Calling. This episode is part of the remote series where I explore different careers that can be done completely online, meaning away from the typical 9 to 5 desk life, meaning location independence. I interview people such as Joanna Young, who's a social media manager for an agency back home in Canada, but she's currently traveling all over the world. I interviewed Tanya Day, who wanted flexibility to look after her child and has her own virtual assistant company. I also interview New York-based Sarah Straw, who works in a big corporation, Sage, but in a remote position. So there's a huge range of different types of online remote work. Taking the decision to pursue this lifestyle is not an easy task to do. And if you feel that you could benefit with some guidance, go to fycareercalling.com and let's help you figure out your next step. I hope you take away some insight from this really exciting lifestyle and we clear up a few you know, misconceptions about it and also give you the benefits of this lifestyle. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, yeah. friends. Welcome to Find Your Career Calling podcast dedicated to helping you find your next step outside of university by learning about different roles in different industries from the professional themselves. In this special series, I'll be interviewing remote workers or digital nomads from all over the world to give you an insight into what this lifestyle is all about. In this episode, I have Joanna Young, who is a social media manager. She's currently uh, stranded or living her best life, as I think she is, in Bali or one of the islands. <laughs> I can't remember which one. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. <laughs> for our listeners who you know, might not know what this lifestyle is, can you tell us a little bit of your story and what led you, what led you to the digital nomad lifestyle? Of course, I'll be happy to. I wanted to take... Sorry, I wanted to say that I'm actually on this island called Gilly Air Island. It's an island about an hour and a half boat ride from away from Bali. A lot of people were confused about the Gilly Islands and the Bali. They're not the same island, um, but they're they're the neighbor island. Anyways, it's good to know if anyone wants to check out these islands, I highly recommend it. It's really, really nice here. And they definitely need more tourism here because mm. right now it's completely dead. Yeah. <laughs> How did I get started? That's a really interesting question. I, I was started from back a couple years ago how when I graduated from university and then basically I graduated from um, University of Toronto and I graduated with actually a degree that has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I, I graduated with an honor bachelor of science from U of T. And because in high school, I was really into, <laughs> believe it or not, I was really into science-y stuff. I thought I'm, I was going to go into the medical field. I was really into healthcare and all that because I was really good at, um, chemistry. you know, I was really good at biology <laughs> and chemistry. I found it really interesting. Fast forward until I was in third year university, I was, oh my God, I realized that this is, this is, this wasn't actually for me. I didn't see myself working in a lab or working in the hospital mm. with patient 24 hours. I don't see myself mm. doing that. Mass, massive respect for people who are in the medical yeah. field, especially during this time though. But back then I was, oh my God, this mm. wasn't for me, but I was already more than halfway into my university career. I was, I might as well finish my degree and figure out 
as I go along. What I mean, as a lot of yeah, people did. Yeah, at the end of high school, actually. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. God, because yeah. I was gonna do biomedical <laughs> science. And then, oh my God! Okay. I know, right? And then I was an Asian thing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> so, I feel you. And then I decided, I was, actually, I don't see myself in a lab coat. Let's take a gap year mm, <laughs> for trying to finish. So, <laughs> what because i was talking to my friends and my family about I, I actually had a thought about switching to a different program to a business program a marketing program completely yeah. but all of my um close friends and my family were saying what it's better to finish it than and then you can figure it out after it's if you restarting again you're gonna waste another three years and maybe you didn't get what i mean it's better to finish it uh, finish your degree and then figure it out anyway i stick with it until fourth year and i graduated with with a science degree and I was like, what do I do now? I graduated with a degree that I didn't know what to do with and now I have to look for a job and I didn't what I didn't know what I was good at and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And there was a job opening at the bank. It's a really, really good position for for fresh for a fresh graduate I was. And I took it because Obviously, I need I needed some money, and I I I need some transition time to figure out what I was doing instead of doing nothing and not earning money and thinking about what I wanted to do. Might as well take earn the money, job yeah. and then figure out earn money and and then slowly figuring out what I wanted mm. to do while having some sort of income. What was the job so in the bank? I, it was actually. It was actually, it's a job called fraud detection analyst. Oh. For those of you who have ever experienced credit card loss or who have experienced a fraud on their credit card or bank card, they are the agents that you call and say, hey, my car was lost or hey, like ah. somebody stole my car. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty decent the salary rise. It was pretty decent for mm -hmm. a graduate. Uh, mm -hmm. student yeah for a graduate i told you i worked there for a year and i absolutely hated it so much <laughs> because i had to deal with as you can imagine the the class customers that i was dealing with were nobody was nobody was happy first of all because obviously imagine your car was stolen or you have oh fraud God. on your bank account you're gonna call in surprise no surprise you're gonna call in angry and you want to want your money back right? so, <laughs> exactly it wasn't fun. Um, I did it for the money, and mm. I didn't know what, what I was I was doing anyway. So a lot of people. <laughs> I was one of them actually, but I was being extra nice because I knew what it was to be mm. on the other side of the phone call. Anyway, so surprisingly, I did it for oh, it a little bit over a year, and I was there's no way I'm gonna continue doing this job. Mm. I was devastated. I believe it or not, like actually i was i was traumatized by this work that i cry every single day before oh. i had to work because i was so stressed out i didn't want i didn't know what i wanted to do and i didn't i didn't this job at yeah. all i'm like oh my god my life is ruined why did i even get into this job mm. i was in a really dark 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 place i think a lot um, of people i thought i think a lot of people mm -hmm. who, who go into work for themselves become digital nomad yeah or pursue their fashion it's you almost have to hit that rock bottom place oh my god yes yes, yes. right i agree really mm -hmm. fully pursue and go for it because i think a lot of us are driven by fear oh, <laughs> yeah. honestly honestly you, you have a really good point it's one of the biggest driven factor for me to 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 have this lifestyle is be, it was because i've been through the lifestyle that i absolutely hated i was i need to get to the other end i need to get mm. out of that uh, uh, get out of that dark hole for me because i went through went through the well quote-unquote hell <laughs> i don't know I, again right. yeah for me it was i was i needed i needed to have a change in my life i couldn't do this at all i was talking again with friends and family and trying to figure out what my next move is and then at the same time i was 
I, I realized that I, I had I had a passion in photography and content creation. This idea came to my mind. I was, well, what career or job that I could do that allowed me in the future to have the, the possibility of working online? The first thing that came into my mind is, is digital marketing. I was, well, let me give digital marketing a try, but I didn't have a business degree. I didn't have any experience in marketing whatsoever at all. I, all, all I had was back in university, I have a part-time job in sales, oh. in a retail, as a lot of university students did. What I did was I was, I, I still, I still kept my full-time job at the bank. I went there nine to five and then I enrolled at the same time at a online, online learning for digital marketing management. What was doing that? that part time at night? It's called it's called digital marketing management. Right. It's it's an online certificate program. Oh, it was wow. only for four months. I did that when I on my free time. I was hustling daytime at the yeah. bank and then at night studying really late every single day for the four months to finish up that program. I did that for four months and and then and I had I had I graduated from that certificate program. I have the certificate. I was now I can finally go get a job in the in the, in the marketing agency. But it wasn't easy at all <laughs> because I didn't have a bachelor degree um, in marketing or business, and I didn't have any job experience in marketing. All I had is that online certificate program, which is not enough at all. It took me a good almost a year <laughs> to find a really low-level entry entry-level social media job in a tiny startup marketing agency but I was really grateful for that because because of that experience I was I was able to accumulate more experience in digital marketing and eventually have enough skills and experience to to get my own client what was yeah, the so marketing course mm-hmm. included what what did you have to do for is it for did you say four months or a month it was four months. Yeah, four. four what sort four of things months. did you yeah. learn for someone who might be interested, who might be, you know, listening to this and resonating with your story and thinking, oh my God, yeah. maybe I need to do a course? <laughs> because that's a really good question. And the reason why I decided to enroll in that certificate program was because I didn't know what specialist I want to be. Because mm. digital marketing industry is a very broad industry. Mm-hmm. And there's, you could be, you could be a social media specialist. Mm-hmm. You can be SEO specialist. You can be an SEM specialist. You could be a, a pay per click specialist. Yeah. There's many different verticals and branches Absolutely. within yeah. that industry. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't know anything about digital marketing at all as an industry. For me, it was a no-brainer to get an education and, and understand digital marketing as, as a whole, as, as an entire industry. And I in that program, I learned about social media marketing. I learned about SEO. I learned, I learned about pay-per-click, the foundational mm-hmm. stuff. What I mean? I have knowledge in all these different verticals within that industry. It it helped me to it helped me in terms of getting a, a general understanding of how digital marketing works. Right. I was really grateful for that experience for sure. For anyone who didn't have any experience in marketing or didn't know anything about digital marketing at all, I recommend you to maybe do it. You don't have to get a degree or anything. You could definitely do a course, maybe a acceleration course or whatever. There's mm, many courses, there's so like digital many, marketing yeah. course online, and dip into each area within digital marketing and see what you about it and kind of find out through the learn learning through learning about different aspects within the digital marketing figure out what you really because um some people i know some people went into social media and they, they realized that oh it's not for them they don't like the copywriting they don't like the creative stuff they the analytic aspects they would or seo whatever they would move into different areas that's, that's really cool we actually had an episode 
uh, a social media manager. I had an episode, one of my managers, I, I interned at a creative agency. Mm-hmm. And one of my managers mm-hmm. and one of the early episodes was about social media manager. And that was like two mm-hmm. and a half years ago nice. when social media wasn't, cool. I mean, it was big, it was up and coming, but it wasn't like a huge thing. What made you mm-hmm. choose social media? Because I know you specialize in social media marketing now, your specialty. Yeah. What made you choose that over the other other areas of marketing, digital marketing? Of course. As I mentioned before, I have a huge passion in content creation. Social media is probably one of the most obvious chooice for me because a lot of a large a large portion of this job involves content creation and the community aspect of social media because I love interacting with other people as well. And I'm not really I mean I I am analytical, but I don't I don't see myself doing data and and looking at mm. you know graphs and stuff because if you're in SEO or if yeah. you're in pay-per-click or SEM or whatever other 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 areas in digital marketing mm-hmm. a lot of them involve huge chunks of data and you have to that's what you do right data analytics and stuff I don't really I'm not a huge fan of that aspect of digital marketing mm. and I love the creative aspects social media is obvious for me to go into because there's there's Obviously, there's paid social, which is that involves pay ads, doing Facebook ad, Instagram ad, and obviously you have to look at analytics. But there's the, the organic side of social media, which is creating organic content and influencer marketing, and then content creation, making different creatives for post, for for the creatives for ads and etc. I love that aspect, the creative aspect. Yeah, I love your story at the moment <laughs> because you went from a very sciencey background to completely the other yeah. side of the spectrum. I love oh it. Oh my God. I, I mean, it's uh, now that I look back into my, jur- my, my journey, it was it was kind of crazy because it was literally a zigzag <laughs> uh, roadmap that I had. But that sort of goes to, it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter which background you came from. Um, you can make it happen, especially in digital marketing, because there's many resources online that you can learn from. And so it doesn't matter if you graduate from an engineering degree or you don't have any university experience at all. It doesn't really matter as long as you that's something that you want to do. There are many information that you can learn nowadays from Google, from YouTube or courses. That's, that's no, absolutely. <laughs> that's actually one of the main things that we really push for in finding your career calling. And we always, mm-hmm. I always advise to students when they come to me and my, my clients, my coaching clients, is that don't let your background, both your degree or where you come from, dictate your future. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do it. Or if no one else that yeah. you found have done it, then you can be the first pioneer. Mm-hmm. Great. What's next in the chapter? You left, you got your certificate in digital marketing and you got the mm-hmm. startup, startup marketing role. What was your experience yeah. with that startup? As I said before, I came, I went into a startup agency with foundational knowledge that I have, that I learned from the program. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have any working experience at all. So obviously, I was a little bit nervous, especially the first two weeks. I remember I was I was staying up late every single day. My I think my first month when I was in the startup because I didn't want to look bad. I didn't want to look I didn't know what I was doing. I was learning crazy. I would, I would, I would go into my job nine to five. I was an office job, obviously. And then I would do my work and try to learn the system as much as I could. And then at night, I would, like I, I literally learn as much as I could learning from different YouTube video mm-hmm. about getting more in-depth knowledge into. I remember I was really stuck at Facebook ad at that at that point. I was learning 
every, everything I could find on YouTube about Facebook ad and how to how to improve the ad quality, the copywriting and everything. Because obviously I didn't want to look bad and get fired. <laughs> it was a lot of struggle, but I'm glad for the the hustling that I had at the beginning that so that I, I have the confidence doing what I'm doing right now. How long did that period last? The learning, the learning, yeah. the hustling. It was, I mean, working in the agency, it's really fast paced. For, yeah. for those of you who, who never, who has no experience in the agency world, it's not glamorous at all. It's, it's a lot of hard work and it's super fast paced because the agency model really evolves around having quality over quantity. I can't really speak to all the agency in the world, but at least for the agency that I was working for, as you can imagine, the more clients that they can get on board, the more money they can get because they're trying to to get as many clients as possible and have and then having the cost of how do I say this? If if they can get as many clients as possible and only paying for one, let's say, social media specialist or one SEO specialist, and they the agency can earn a lot of money, right? That's simple mm. math. At, because it was a really small agency at that point. Obviously now they they grew bigger, but when I started out, they were really small as well. I was handling almost twenty clients at yeah. one point. Can you imagine That's twenty crazy. clients? And each client have at least a Facebook account, Instagram account, and Twitter account, um, LinkedIn accounts. That was four times twenty. Is yeah. what? How many accounts that I have to manage? And it was a lot of pressure because each client, a lot of clients are in different industries as well. I have to learn about different industries mm -hmm. and, and come up with content that can best represent the industry that they, they are in. It was a lot of learning and communication with the client and a lot of those clients, especially in industries that really, especially if for the clients that don't um, are not in the industry, they, sorry, for the clients that are not in the industries that they don't really understand social media. Yeah. That's just that. And it's, it's how social media is not get rich overnight or get popular overnight. Kind of thing. You have to build a community mm -hmm. and because it's social media. The social aspect is really to engage with your audience, mm -hmm. you know, target the right audience, engage, them, engage with them and mm -hmm. build up some sort of community and engagement over a, a long period of time. Yeah. So a lot of, one of the biggest challenge for me, especially at the beginning of my career is to learn how to 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 work with the client and 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 let the client know how the work that we're doing it's not overnight success and 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 basically have to have to communicate with the client mm. and keep them in the client management and, yeah yeah and manage managing client and learning how to be effective in terms of communicating with client was the hardest part for me because like i said i didn't have experience all of a sudden i have to manage 20 accounts yeah absolutely. <laughs> that was that was so much pressure for me that i mean it's it, right now, even though I have over two years of experience in the agency world, um, it's still a lot of work. When did you quit <laughs> your banking job to go in full time into digital marketing? And then from then, how did you transition to the remote digital nomad lifestyle? I think I was working in the bank for almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. But the later half year in the bank was really me working part was really me working part-time on my course that was and then job searching a digital yeah. sorry digital marketing job searching it guess that it took me almost a year to find that entry-level job anyway i worked there in total i worked in the bank in total um of an hour sorry a, a year and a half and then found that job i worked in that agency for almost two years and and i i learned all my 
crafts in the agency i was oh my god what i think i'm ready i think i gained the trust from my boss and for those of you who know about digital marketing or social media that the work can be done online i was really confident about that and i had the trust in my boss um i was i was what i love traveling and i don't see myself working in the office <laughs> for 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 the next couple of years what i'm i i i'm gonna ask my boss to see if it's possible for me to work remote it, it's basically went from i send them an email and i i requested my remote work and obviously my boss at first was i'm not sure sure if we want to do that because we want to keep the team the office easier for communication yeah. easier for meeting and stuff that and th that agency wasn't built for the remote work whatever mm. but it, but i knew that my job can be fully transitioned to remote work i was I, I convinced them i convinced them that i can do the same job but in a different location and i had many meetings with them because at first they were oh, i'm not sure what let's wait for a bit and see how things go but i'm oh, i really want i really needed this i i can i can assure you that i can do my job it's a lot of negotiation mm. back and forth and then eventually they agree on a trial basis basically every month they will evaluate my performance obviously after i gone remote they're like, yes uh, we want to do this we, i can let you work remote but we need to evaluate every single month to see your mm -hmm. performance uh, how your performance is and and that's basically how i uh, took the risk the reason why i say it's a risk because before i send that request i knew it's got there are gonna be two possibility one is they said yes you can go remote you can still keep your job we can still give you salary do your work or second is, uh we don't want a remote worker we'll hire another person to replace you mm -hmm. basically i lost my job yeah. that's a 50 50 chance i will lose this job but um, well, it's another social media job there's tons of by the way there are tons uh, of digital marketing and social media job <laughs> out there yeah. i was i'm not really worried about it if i lose this job i can find another mm. social media job and a, a remote one that's even better yeah. um it's, it's 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 easier for me to have the reason why i wanted to keep it is easier for me because uh, i know going through interviews a lot of times and it's comfortable uh, your clients time, you know, exactly setup, i know i know about that's another thing because a lot of the clients that i i i'm working with they are really comfortable working with me and for the agency to hire another social media mm. person to manage their account it's, it's another cost for them because they mm. have to train that person exactly. and that and they don't want let's say if that social media manager doesn't do a good job and they're they're risking losing a client what i mean mm. for them it makes more sense to keep me for those of you who are new to this digital um <clears throat> sorry to the social media social media management job is really maintain a good relationship with your client because it's, it's a business thing obviously you want to have a good relationship but you can use that as as in your advantage let's say if you're working for an agency if you do such an amazing job and your clients really love you then your agents it's less for your agency to fire you or whatever you have more negotiation power basically that's what i mean right so <clears throat> That's how I became. That's a amazing. Really <laughs> cool. yeah. That's empowering for yeah. people who've maybe been working for the same employer for five years, and and they can mm, do things online. Yeah. To actually, ask, I think sometimes you don't. If you don't Just ask, you ask. don't get. Great, yeah, yeah. great. They said yes, and your trial basis. What happened next? I mean. That the rest was history. <laughs> <laughs> how did I you just, decide where you know, want to work? <laughs> Honestly, I so ever, after I, I I got a confirmation that hey I can work remote. I the first the first country that I went to uh, was actually Uzbekistan. Random. <laughs> it wasn't. It was. It now it was random, but it wasn't because I signed up for this photography trip with this Instagram influencer. She was mm. organizing a photography trip. 
and it was to Uzbekistan, which is a country that I never even heard of. Uh, <laughs> six weeks before the trip, I was like, oh my god, that's amazing! And I saw those pictures that she had on her blog at that time. I was like, wow, this place is amazing. If I need to, the first stop of my my nomad journey, I'm gonna go to a place that I. I I've completely never heard of Central Asia. I've never yeah. even like been to that that continent. Mm. And it's just, it was a photography trip. And I mentioned before, I was I I really love photography. And I was well. Let me sign up with uh, sign up this trip with you. And it was with uh, influencers. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to expand my networking a little bit as well. I went to Uzbekistan for a little more than a week. We took some amazing pictures. <laughs> we did a lot of sunrise mission. I highly recommend you guys to. If you have an opportunity to go to uh, Uzbekistan, it's, it's an amazing, lovely country. People there are absolutely, I love the hospitality there. People are kind and and then friendly, and the architectures in that countries are stunning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real. If you've seen those pictures in Uzbekistan, you remember those blue tiles. It literally looks everywhere you go is a museum. Let's put it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And how did you find working your nine to five remotely in that first month? Oh my god, it was challenging because the agency that I I'm working for mm-hmm. is in Canada, obviously, and there I was traveling Asia. There's a huge time difference, and and because it was my first month working mm-hmm. remote, I wanted to make sure, and it was I was on a trial basis. I I wanted to make sure that I I'm not. Yeah, fucking this up. Or I'm not messing yeah. this up. I would stay really late and, and try to work at this. Try try my best to work in the same time zone as my client in case if my client messaged me or if in case my boss messaged me and mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I could respond as as soon as possible. I was I'm I was in the office. So that was how I was thinking about it. And actually, that was one of the requests from my bosses. I, even though I'm remote, they want to keep a very effective communication with me in case anything、uh, went wrong or in case they need to ask me anything for for the client. I agree, and <laughs> it wasn't fun because I was、yeah. literally staying up every single day until four,、oh、sometimes、gosh. like even five a.m. in the morning,、wow. so that I can work in the same time zone、um, as my client. And right now, because I have my own client, like for the agency side of thing, I'm doing it for part time. I cut my workload in half,、mm-hmm. and the the freelance client, I didn't, I don't need to be at the same time zone as as them. I do my own working hours right now. It's much better. But at the beginning of my remote remote work, it was it was a lot of staying up late and hard work. And、yeah. I remember when I was in Thailand, I was in Bangkok, and how. People or partying at night and whatever.、Yeah. I was in the hostel, working on the couch, working, oh, working oh, on my laptop. People passing by, people passing by,、oh. and they're like, "Hey, do you want to go to a bar? Do you want to check out Kalsam Road?" That's where people go partying at night.、Mm-hmm. No, what I have to work. <laughs> well, I love the fact so, we're having、yeah. this conversation because a lot of people glamorize. Digital nomad,、oh、a lot. People、yeah. think, "Oh my god, it's drinking mar- margaritas by poolside, chilling,、no. <laughs> and then half-ass doing work." It's like, no, actually, the reality of this is that it's a lot of work and different time zones, and you have、yeah. to deal with that. It's a different set of challenges. Yeah, you still、exactly. have to work. You're absolutely right. You have、yeah. the freedom of location,、mm-hmm. but there's a new set of challenges that goes with that. And I'm, I consider myself a lucky one because、mm-hmm. I don't have my. I'm working for someone, right?、Yeah. I still have. 
the reassurance that I can still get my salary mm -hmm. every month. But for people who have their own business, right. they if they don't work, right? They don't work, they don't earn. Yeah. But when you're working on a salary, even though it's still remote, you 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 have a stable income every month into your bank account. But when you're working for yourself, that's that's another level of stress you have. Right. You know what I mean? But digital nomad is not definitely not as glamorous as a lot of people think it was. Yes, you can go anywhere you want. Well, not right now, but <laughs> I mean, back before before yeah. coronavirus. But but again, it's especially when you're running your own business. A lot of time you're on your laptop working. Yeah, that's the reality. Great. After Uzbekistan and getting used to everything, how did you did did you plan ahead? What what countries you're going to visit before you negotiated the remote work? What was your um, process? Honestly, I that's a good question. Honestly, I didn't really plan because like, I know this is a long-term thing mm. I only plan the first couple of countries that I wanted to visit mm -hmm. and then wing it after yeah. <laughs> because it's not like I have a strict timeline of oh I'm, I'm gonna get back home I'm mm. gonna go back home after x amount of time because I really don't have a deadline of how long I'll be traveling for and right obviously right now everything is on pause because of <laughs> COVID yeah. but before before the pandemic happened was, I knew that my first stop was in Uzbekistan I was there and then after that and after that I was I was and after that I booked a trip to Africa mm -hmm. actually the end of the year and I did a safari trip in Africa oh my god that was another story so <laughs> if, if you've been to Africa or well, I think we chat about this yeah and I've been to Zimbabwe yeah, and Zimbabwe, 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 yeah. Didn't relate about what you're about to say yeah, this is if you if you decide if you wanted to become a digital nomad think twice if you if you wanted to go to Africa because um the wi-fi there is bad and then don't rely on wi-fi and if you need to work online good luck um, and I was camping on top of that I was camping I was constantly in a remote area where there's absolutely no internet it was a nightmare for me but anyway that was it was regardless it was fun and I got my job done even after a lot of struggle I was in Africa and and then after Africa where did I go? Yeah, after Africa, I went to South. That's when I went to Southeast Asia. And uh, I went to Thailand. I went to Vietnam, Cambodia, all those Southeast mm. Asian countries. Definitely wanted to visit Philippines after Indonesia, but <laughs> it happened. <laughs> oh, that, that was basically my journey. And, and I, I, one of the destinations I, I wanted to, to uh, go bad was Bali because I know mm. that was a digital nomad. I wanted to I've never been to Bali never been to Indonesia I wanted to see what the hype was about yeah. why are all the digital nomads that were there and after spending a month and a half there I realized that it's it's amazing I love it here <laughs> see, like, tell me because I think if mm -hmm. I'm gonna start my digital nomad I'm sure with a lot of people as well they always mm -hmm. hear about Bali I've been chatting to those people who mm -hmm. want to make the transition what is it give us an insight what's what's the digital nomad community in Bali well, obviously, let's start with the obvious ones are the weather here is really nice. The peoples are really nice and things are really cheap here. But I think what makes it unique is because there are many digital nomads here mm -hmm. and there's many co-working space. And it's, it's it's the community that makes this place unique. I remember when I was in Chenggu and most of the places that I was staying in, it felt, oh, wow, all of these people are here and they're working on their own business and they're all working online that was really cool to feel you're part of you're part of that coolness yeah. i don't know how to put this better but and it's when you're seeing that 
people around you are hustling and、mm. and trying to build their own thing and work while enjoying life. It's it does oh I belong to here. It's 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 for me. Obviously, I, I can't really speak to other people's.、Yeah. I know it's very empowering. And I and I met some other people. Who who's working、um, remote? They don't value at all. Which is my personal preference. You really have to check out this place yourself and see if you're gonna not. But that's my opinion. No, that's really great, and、yeah. uh, it's cheap, right? Which is, I think, a lot of people、yeah. work for Western companies and then go to Southeast、mm-hmm. Asia for that. The other、yeah. thing I was gonna ask、yeah. you: you travel solo, and you're you're a woman. And one of the main things that、mm-hmm. I really want to highlight is, for, especially for a lot of my friends, especially when you're younger, I think a lot of girls feel a bit、yeah. intimidated about. Moving or not moving? Well, moving abroad is a huge thing, but going、mm. traveling abroad as a woman, as a、yeah. female, I think a lot of, especially young girls. When I was going on solo trips, I'm like, oh my god, you're going by yourself. <laughs> what What was have been your experience, and what would be your advice to someone who may be a little bit anxious about going by themselves for the first time, going traveling? I would say, first of all. If you really want to become a digital nomad, if you really want to have the freedom of working anywhere and traveling anywhere, it shouldn't let that stop you from doing what you want. That's my first piece of advice: just do it and try it out. And second, my second advice: do have common sense. Obviously, don't choose to go to a, a country with conflicts. That's for me. I would not go to. I don't want to point out certain countries, but. Obviously, like there are countries in, in the world that it's,、mm-hmm. it's a little bit unstable.、Okay. Make sure to pick the, the place that it's first of all it's safe to travel, especially for solo traveler,、mm-hmm. and and better yet, choose a place with that that's well known in 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 the solo traveler groups. For example, Bali. Bali is absolutely safe to travel because I, I I knew that before I went there because it has a really good reputation for solo traveler for digital nomads. I felt at least it's a safe place to be at even when I was alone. My second point is to have a common sense and choose a place that are safe to travel.、Mm-hmm. And the third thing. I is really try try to try to make friends anywhere you go, right? That's 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 a big part of traveling, is don't be shy of making friends and and but when but no don't make any friends. Obviously, you have to have to be friends with people that you feel safe to trust to to hang out with. But once you have a circle of friends that you can travel with or be part of a community, let's say if you go to a, a co working space, that's where you can get to know. People that are in the digital nomad world. So for me, it's 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 really important to get to know other people who、yeah. are in the same industry, because you feel you have the support that you need. It if you have any questions, you can ask them. They've been there as well. For those who, for those of you who are starting out, I would say, research. Do your research. Pick out the places or the countries that you feel if you try to have a good rep, especially. The, First of all, you want to start out easy, right? You don't you don't want to first like go on camping or whatever because you don't know how things are. There's a lot of challenges and uncertainty when you're traveling. Pick the place that have a good digital nomad reputation, and then stay there for a little bit longer. You can get to know the place better, and it's 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 really important to、uh, get to know other digital nomads or、yeah. other entrepreneurs. You can have a circle of support because that's really important when you're traveling alone is to have support and. That that would be my advice. What has been your strategy、helps. in finding friends? I think join co-working space、yeah. or and a lot of co-working space here, especially in Bali. There are a lot of events. Join those events when you have time. It depends on your schedule, obviously. But there's so many Facebook groups that host a lot of events, especially in Bali for co-working space. Keep an eye on all the events. 
from the co-working space or join different Facebook group because that's when you can actually you have more like it's it's it, it's less random than oh I don't know which event to go join Facebook group because like there's so many events always happen in Facebook group and then maybe stay in hostel there's another piece of advice if you don't mind a lot of people don't hostels but there's many good hostels clean you have your own space you don't have to stay with 10 people in the room but there are a lot of good and cheap hostels staying in the hostel is a great way of making friends as well because a lot of uh, solo travelers are staying in hostels so it's really really easy that that whole hostel environment is making it super easy to make friends because there are a lot of people solo traveling and did you um, uh, find that you bought a lock to lock up your laptop and stuff Uh, sorry. Did you find that it was enough to buy a lock? You can. I think a lot of people, if they're traveling oh, with their like, laptops yeah. and stuff, mm -hmm. right? Hostels mm -hmm. tend to be yeah. a little bit like less safe. Not less safe, but less mm -hmm. secure with keeping your belongings, especially if you have a laptop or video oh, yeah. equipment and stuff. That that might be a concern for some people. Definitely, I and I heard I heard one of the one of my friends who stayed in the hostel. Like, crazy story, but anyways, he he got three thousand USD stolen yeah, <laughs> from his locker. Right? Yeah. So even it's lucky that I uh, honestly lucky that I didn't experience <laughs> any of that but now that I think about it because I, I wasn't I wasn't I was I'm a bad example I never really locked up my stuff <laughs> being really careless but now that I think about it I think definitely have a lock and I would say I always keep when I was staying hot I always keep my stuff my importance of obviously my laptop my camera all the stuff close to me and I always go out with with these I never leave those important stuff in The hostel leave it there even even with inside a locker I never do that my wallet my phone and I would say laptop is tricky because you don't always go out with your laptop unless you work I would say honestly the best advice for me is to pick a good hostel mm. with good security re reputation in terms of uh, security I, I recommend you guys to download this app called uh, hostel world it's it's a really really good app for finding hostels and pick the one pick the hostels on that app has 4.52 or five star rating mm -hmm. and with tons of review and really check these reviews and see has anyone yeah. experienced any stuff being stolen read the reviews but far i've stayed in a lot of hostels in a lot of different cities and i didn't have any bad experience mm. to be honest because i was picking like i was picking really carefully which i wanted mm. to say and i make sure that they have all have a good reputation you can avoid it all when, when you're staying in a good hostel yeah. and because when you walk into the hostel you already feel how how reliable the hostel is if there's front desk and the staff there and the cameras and you can see if they have security cameras and stuff if they have those it's very less less you experience any negative things great and before we wrap things up what other advice yeah. would you you wish you would give your as yourself Because you've been doing this for over a year now, right? Oh, no, no, not yeah. over a year. And what would you give uh, to someone who's for you or for someone who's just starting out to prepare themselves? They do want to transition to this lifestyle. That's a really good question. Say, really, to, if you guys said, if you really want to have the freedom to work anywhere and travel anywhere at the same time, first of all, find out, find out if, first of all, you really have to see if your current job can be transitioned to online. I'm pretty sure right now with the current pandemic situation, mm. if you already working from home, then you know that your job could be done online. Really ask your boss and see, hey, I feel I got a handle of this working from home thing. I feel I can handle my job even in the future when things are back to normal. I, 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 I feel like reassure your boss that you can do your job remotely 
you don't have to go back to office reassure your boss so that's the easiest thing to do if you if you already have a job that you can work online and for those of you who have no experience or you feel you don't have any online money making skill or whatever maybe use this time really to buy a course or learn on youtube there's so many opportunities so many. for you to learn online and and get that skills that you need to work online but there are that doesn't mean that there are no other opportunities there, there that doesn't mean that um you you couldn't find an online jobs with no skills or experience if you go to fiverr if you go to upwork many other freelance freelancing website you can find that there are many jobs that doesn't require any experience or skill transcription translation <laughs> there's many absolutely what is it like yeah. transcription one yeah, of the episodes like, yeah, i yeah. made so, as well was about <clears throat> virtual assistants and how to become a va doing administrative yeah. work for what? entrepreneurs and oh, businesses yeah. mm -hmm. exactly there are many opportunities that you can learn first of all learn obviously learn the skills that you need let's say if you want to become a social media manager learn digital marketing learn social media learn facebook ads and find social media job online or if you really desperate want to do this there are many jobs that requires absolutely zero to no experience and and to start that's my biggest advice there's no you don't have to wait and think if if you want to see if this lifestyle is for you try it out <laughs> and what else what else what else do I want to say? That's that's my biggest piece of advice, I would say. Great. Where can we find you? I know you've started your own YouTube channel. If anyone yeah. is interested in following Joanna around as she travels, where can people find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel. My channel name is called Joanna Young. J-O-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A, last name Young. Y-U-N-G. You can find me on Instagram. It's called, it's Joanna Young Official. Um, again, my first last name and then official. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook. I have my business Facebook page. Uh, it's called Joanna Young as well. I'm mostly active on these three platforms, but you can shoot me an email anytime. It's it's Joanna Young official at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure you would have all the infos linked in your show notes. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. Awesome. It's been so insightful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you got to the end of this episode and feel like you want to find your own career calling, then check out fycareercalling.com where I can help you gain clarity and confidence in your next step. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend because friends, life is too short. You gotta find what you love.